0: of played around with the idea of like closing down the business and going back to architecture and i have these like i joke i have every five or ten years i have these moments but i have to be really steel and just like silence myself and see what do i want to do for the next whatever five or x amount of years and then i just had this realization that as long as i love what i'm doing i'll do these
1: that's vana chef and this is the powerful ladies podcast Hey guys, I'm Kara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything really is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and are making an impact in this world are often people you've never heard of until now. There is so much pressure to quickly scale and grow a business. But that's not why myself or many other business owners, including today's guest, made the leap to be entrepreneurs. Running your own business is an opportunity to align all of your commitments and your passions such that you're generating an income to support yourself and make the impact you really want. It's about time and location freedom and you being in charge, not your job. Today's guest, Vanna Chup of Vanna Chup Studios, is a great example of how choosing the speed of your business to align with your priorities is not only a smart choice, but also leads to an amazingly successful business. The most recent example for her being that her products are now available at Pottery Barn Kids. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. Let's jump right in by telling everyone
0: listening your name, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Great. Well, my name is Vana Chop, and I am the founder and CEO of Vana Chop Studio. We are a lifestyle boutique brand that transforms our customers, treasured people, and moments captured in photographs into one-of-a-kind heirloom quality jewelry, portraits, accessories um, that are destined to become treasured heirlooms and be passed down to the next generations. Um, We are located in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, We are a team of six as of right now, probably adding a few more in a couple of days. And we sell all our products online through our e-commerce site. Um, we do sell in person by appointment only. And as of the last couple of months, we are also um, found on Pottery Barn Kids, a full collection of our products.
1: Well, and you've had such an interesting journey with your business. Um, you started, I believe, doing silhouettes, yeah. traditional paper
0: Start- silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I started on Etsy in 2008. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, my boy at the time, our firstborn, was three years old. And I had done silhouettes uh, since his birth, really. Um I am a trained architect by trade, and I found silhouettes uh, really captivating and creative way to just kind of document his growth. And so I would sketch his silhouettes monthly and just um, see how these ever-changing features, you know facial features would change and uh, would be documented in a creative um, art form, so to speak. So I started, so to speak, the business on Etsy. It was not really, I mean, I had no plans. It was just a little shop to sell um, stationery and fine art, mainly silhouettes. And um, at the time, they were not even custom. They were just, you know, silhouette theme theme, um, artwork. But quickly, it kind of got a lot of moms like myself kind of picked up the idea and they loved um, hiring me to create custom silhouettes of their little ones. So yeah, it was. Strictly a paper business. We used to, um, it used to be called Le Papier Studio, which means paper in French, and that's um, that's we were known with that name up until twenty twenty one. And what made you pivot the company name? Yeah, well, we had um, our line of product had uh, changed quite a bit. We are, um, I would say that we are a ninety percent jewelry and accessories company right now. We still do. Um, portraits. They're kind of like what we were known for in the beginning, but so it kind of like ran its course and it was a little bit confusing and hard to say for our customers. And um, also just um, kind of rebranding. We um, got a new brand, like um, we wanted to kind of create this idea of like, you know, open the doors to the future and see what fits in store for us for the next 10 plus years.
1: Well, you also do these really beautiful home portraits. And so I love that you've tied in your architecture past into this business as well. Um, And people
0: love those and the home ornaments, correct? Correct. Yeah. So those we joke with our team. Um, I used to be the creator, like the maker in the beginning. And I, I miss that now that I've kind of stepped into the role of leading them and being the the CEO of the business, I miss those moments where I get to actually work with our customers directly to capture a memory or just um, a memory of their first home or last home. And so those are the two products that I still kind of have my hand on, Mm -hmm. um, although I'm training a team member to take over the custom home ornaments. But yeah, those are, you know, my passion. It really connects me back to architecture and what, you know, my background is. So it's, it's still something that I'm really passionate about.
1: Would eight-year-old you have imagined that you were the
0: founder of a lifestyle brand? Probably not. <laughs> um, if you were to talk to my parents, um, they always had you know these stories of me. They knew that I would be doing something creative in my life, um, even when I was probably as young as 10 years old. They'd say that I had I'd always sketched house drawings and, you know, so they they knew I'd be going into some sort of creative industry, but I never in a million years thought uh, that would be, you know, what I would be doing. Um, like I said earlier, I started, the, you know, I, I graduated with a master's in architecture. I worked for a couple of years and um, I didn't think that I would be using that, you know, to create my, the business that we have today, but really um, everything that I learned Along the way, you know, the sensibilities, like the sense of style and everything, our products, um, sort of the eye for what we put out there, um, kind of links back. So probably not my eight year old would have not thought that I would be doing these. And I, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I
1: believe that that your husband is your chief operations on your team. He is
0: on the, during the day, you know, he's also an architect. Um, We met in architecture school and about a year ago, um, we made that decision that, you know, we've always wanted to own something together and just um, be creative, creatively involved into something. And um, since this business, you know, he's been there since the start of it, you know, it just made sense at the point to for him to come along and just help us uh, put some um, organization behind the scenes with our Mm -hmm. team and also, um, quote unquote, try to be our CFO. In learning, you know, we do have an accountant that does our accounting that he's helped, he's been a great help with our growing team.
1: How how do you balance, um, you, you guys, you met in architecture school and now you're working together. How do you, has it always been really easy to collaborate together or is it something that you have to manage, you know, family hat on versus business hat on? What does that look like for the two of you?
0: Yeah, so. When we met, we actually worked together in architecture school. We are, um, he was a TA, a teacher assistant, and I helped in the library, the architectural library. Um, So we worked together. That's how we met. Um, We actually ended up working at a company together, um, but it is quite different, you know, just working Mm -hmm. at school or in a company and then owning your own business and just kind of trying to balance life and business. He's always been really understanding. Um, We kind of like support and, support one another in whatever it is. Um, I, we have great conversations about architecture and, you know, things that frustrate him or excite mm-hmm. him and vice versa. Um, he's like a great sounding board for me. and um, he's kind of the calmer one of the two of us. I'm very passionate, very, you know, when I get passionate, I, you know, uh, you probably have noticed I have an accent. <laughs> I wasn't boarding this country. So that comes out. And, but, all in all, it's just, I think the two of us work really well together. Um, when he came on board our team, you know, that really honestly, they're like, um, is this a good thing? Like, we don't <laughs> want you guys to just leave and breathe your business. And it was a really great um, decision for us. Um, our Like I said, we work well together. Our boys have been in these like, um, I mean, they've seen me work from home for 14 years. So to them is not, you know, and they're older now. So we have a little bit more flexibility with, you know, kind of putting in a five hour weekend if we need to talk about a project or work on something for the business. They totally understand. Yeah. Well so I'd say would we work well.
1: Good. And I think I even saw that your um eldest son is sometimes
0: helping too. He does. Yeah. He's the same son, I guess the oldest that um his silhouette used to grace the, you know the logo of our business up until a couple of years ago. So he kind of takes pride on it. He definitely knows it's, I mean, it's a family business. It's not going to take mm-hmm. on the family business. He has other aspirations, but he, um, you know, he's a teenager looking for extra cash. And so he'd do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been part of it. So he knows the ins and outs. And, you know, at mm-hmm. this point he's like, I'll, I'll do whatever I'll draw silhouettes. I'll, you know, package boxes. So, yeah.
1: What has surprised you about being not just an entrepreneur, but a
0: mompreneur? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I would say that, you know, when, I mean, the two, the two, um, you know, being a mom and entrepreneur, that kind of happened to me at the same time. I, you know, I, I was a mom first and then I started this business wanting to be home and wanting to raise my you know, firstborn son, not taking him to daycare. So just wanting to experience those moments with him because our, Mm -hmm. both our families don't live near us. Um, And so I think I had to be really good at time management earlier Mm -hmm. on, you know, because I knew that I could only work when he was in daycare. I mean, um, well, not daycare, taking naps or, you know, preschool and just getting really good at like time management. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I kind of grew the business organically and, with them like you know seven years after him you know our uh, second son came about and so my always my priority has been motherhood Mm -hmm. and just doing that role really well and then just having the business kind of support my passions and desires um but it has never really taken priority up Mm -hmm. until probably the last six years where they became slowly independent and they can help each other and um you know, and then COVID hits. So we're all home. And, but yeah, I'd say that the two have really kind of like supported the other, like being a mother has really helped me fine tune, like what I really want to get from this business. And then also Mm -hmm. the business has helped that. Yeah.
1: Well, it must be, it's, I'm sure it's nice to have that balance of having the outlet and having the time freedom, space freedom. I think so many people when they jump into starting a business, they get it's so easy to get distracted by the noise that you see out in the world about are you doubling your business? Is it scaling? Is it growing? And as a coach, I always have to tell people to like calm down. Like there's so much power in having a a slow organic growing business that just fits you perfectly. <laughs> like we don't need to build this. You know, crazy ten xing tech company, and uh, just to be able to call ourselves an entrepreneur or business owner, you know, how did you have to? Was the pace chosen, or was the pace
0: you're like, no, this is just what fits for where we are right now? That's a a great question. So it was both. Um, up until I would say 2017, it was chosen. Um, I, my goals were just to keep going, keep on going. And if it made me happy and it made our customers happy, um, if it captured the stories and helped Mm -hmm. tell those stories, then I would continue to do it. And then, um, it wasn't until I hired my first full-time employees in 2017, then it became like, I'm not just doing these as a, as a passion of mine. You know, now Mm -hmm. I'm like, um, responsible to create an income to bring in work for these You know, to women. And um, I could feel that urge to like, you know, do a little bit more, hire a PR firm, you know, just Mm -hmm. uh, do ads and this and that. So then um, I would say from 2017 up until last year, I was in like high growth mode. You know, we did, Mm -hmm. you know, quadruple every year, like it kept growing and growing. Of course, COVID helped and it helped us because moms were home and, you know, producing the internet. So they could spend a little bit more on themselves. But it wasn't until um, almost like the end of last year and the beginning of this year where um, I actually hired a business coach um, because I found myself, um, kind of like the joy of it had, you know, being taken away from me. Um, being creatively inspired and just putting that at the center of the business had always been what the driving force for me, right? I always said like, if I don't love it anymore, mm-hmm. I mean, even though that sounds kind of selfish, Then I said, you know, if I don't find joy anymore, that's going to like translate into like how I, you know, show up for others and it's not, yeah, and it's Mm -hmm. not going to help anybody. And um, I learned to be okay with not going small, but just slowing down. Like if, Mm -hmm. you know, in that moment in time, I felt that this is the right decision for me. Um, So our team is at, you know, a good size right now. We did lose a few people and I think it was, you know, just meant to be. I'm a firm Mm -hmm. believer that, you know, you are where you're supposed to be and you need to embrace that. Um, So right now we are, I wouldn't say we're still growing, but it's just a different kind of growth. We have systems in place. We are, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeking growth. Growth is coming to us. It's mainly through word of mouth, our customers who come in year after year to add on to their pieces. Um, I feel like this feels good. This feels where we need to be. Um, I don't know where we're going to be in five years, but right now we're, you know, where we need to be.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I love that you had the self-awareness to know yeah. how much, you know, the business is centered around you, even when we build a team and now the name is this; it's named after you now. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's a big shift. And I know so many entrepreneurs, myself included, when your name is on the company, it's different. And so many of us avoid it for as long as
0: possible. <laughs> oh, it was so hard when we came up with names with um, the branding mm-hmm. company that helped us. You know, we threw out so many possibilities and we landed on that. And they're, you know, they're like, you should do it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and I had this pit in my stomach that I'm like, first of all, I don't want to be the spokesperson. I don't, you know, everything yeah. now is like tied to that name, but. I think it has proven to be kind of like the best thing ever because I started this business selfishly to fulfill me, just to be home with my oldest. And then it grew to the point that we wouldn't be here without being able to serve our community. And the community is the core of what we do. But then I also realized that if I don't take care of me and our team, then there is no business. There is no serving others. So we've kind of come full circle. And now we're spending a lot of time in like, you know, honing in and what we want our business to look like. How is it making us feel like, what do we want to be known? What What's our legacy? So I think it's a privilege to be, you know, kind of in this path, 14 years, you know, from the beginning, I would have had no idea that this is where we would be, but it's been, it's been a wonderful ride really. And just to be here, I, um, yeah, I don't take, don't take it for granted a single day. Mm-hmm.
1: And in addition to starting business and having a second son, you guys also moved with your business.
0: How did, did moving yeah.
1: um, from I believe, Illinois or Indiana? It was Illinois. Illinois. Yep. How did how did it go? Having to move the whole business, not just your family. Um, yeah, you know, across the country.
0: It actually helped us because um, up until then, well, we moved here um because of Aaron's my husband's job. You know, he really wanted to work in meaningful architecture, working in older buildings. And Virginia is famous for that. Mm-hmm. And so we moved here, you know, just kind of testing the waters out and seeing, oh, well, we'll do it for five years. And I mean, everything that we've known as like a married couple and with our kids was in Chicago, you know, Illinois, mm-hmm. all our friends and family, you know, close friends were there. So it was like really starting off like new. And so there was, it was both terrifying, but it was also really exciting because it's like a new way to just do things. And um, I had, you know, kind of played around with the idea of like closing down the business and going back to architecture. And I had these like, I joke, I have every five or 10 years, I have these moments, but I have to be really steel and just like silence myself and see what do I want to do for the next whatever five or X amount of years. And at that time was really the pool was really strong that I wanted to go back into architecture. And then, then I just had this realization that as long as I love what I'm doing, I'll do these. So then mm-hmm. I a the heart came again. And um, at the time our youngest was three. So I also wanted, you know, it was kind of like repeating, you know, the same cycle with Nicholas. I'm like, well, I was home when, you know, he was little. So I want to be home for Um, our other son too. So I just kind of decided to go with the flow another time Mm -hmm. and not really have any big goals or dreams and just like let it go. So that was 2015. And so for about two years there, I think it was just, you know, we were learning our way around Richmond and just making new friends and um, just something in that, like being still and quiet and just being in that moment, not Really pushing anything that felt unnatural really helped mm-hmm. me to kind of focus on where I wanted to go next. And so, you know, I hired my other yeah, two employees at the time, which were full time here in Richmond. And my son was like school age, my youngest. So he could, you know, I had a little bit more freedom with my time. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like organically started doing the next thing. And um, yeah, so I would say it's been a good move for us and we love it here. I mean, it's a great place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to drive through
1: recently because my parents moved uh, just north of Raleigh. Oh, yeah, not far. Not far. Yeah. Um, But so many people I know who have gotten to live in Richmond for any period of time, they're always saying things like, I couldn't believe how much I loved it. or We miss being there. (laughs) And it's not a city, I think, that gets enough credit for everything that it has to offer from a culture perspective and and just how many... um, People from all over the US and the world
0: end up in Richmond. Yeah. It's definitely a transplant city. Like when we mm-hmm. moved here, there were like our little community where we lived, there were people from um, Capital One and all sorts of businesses that had moved here from other places. So in that mm-hmm. perspective, I felt like, oh, okay. Like I have my group of people who kind of like have shared that story of not being from here. But we always joke, if you're not born in Richmond, you're never from Richmond. And that's yeah. very, <laughs> it's a very strong sense of like pride that if you're from mm-hmm. here, you're from here forever. And so um, we joke with our sons. I'm like, I tell my youngest that even though you're free, you will never be a Richmondian. Like you're never, <laughs> it's like, oh, well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has um how has being born outside of the US and coming here impacted your story and your entrepreneurial journey?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um I um have I come from a strong family of strong women and very passionate mm-hmm. women. Um all three of us were three girls and we're all three are entrepreneurs two of them are still um, in Greece and I'm here and we um growing up you know our parents did some side business although my father was in um, the educational industry so he was a, a teacher and uh, my mom was an economist but they early on they kind of like installed in us like the idea of serving others and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're serving your neighbor or your cousin or your friend you just you know that's what you do and Sometimes to our detriment, but you know, so coming here, I mean, I came here for college, you know, to finish architecture school. I had no idea that, you know, this path would be put in front of me. Um, but it has, I mean, it's been really interesting. I, it has allowed me to create a life for our family that, you know, would have probably, even though, you know, Greece is a developed country, it's much mm-hmm. different than here my sisters are entrepreneurs that they do struggle. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we, we share our struggles and how you never get a break from your business and all of that. But um, it has allowed me to create the life that we want, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to work when I feel like, I mean, not when I feel like it, but, you know, take a break if I felt like it, you know, take my boys and go for 15 days to Greece and visit family. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's, you know, I have such a deep appreciation. And because of that, you know, when we go back, like we always, I mean, it's very different, right? Mm -hmm. I've been here for 22 years, so half my life, more than half my life. So when I go back, um, my parents still think that I'm an architect, even though I've been (laughs) in business for like four years here. And I'm like, you know, that's something that, you know, I left behind years ago. Like, you know know that I've only practiced it for five years, then. But to them, it's kind of like, they're very, um, they have this big pride of like, you know, what you went to school for and, you know, this is your Mm -hmm. business. That's great, but that's what you are. So, um, it's that kind of mindset, but, you know, of course they're, you know, they're proud of me for, you know, having this successful business and creating a brand that it's loved by so many, but yeah, part of them just kind of wish that I was also an architect. So Mm
1: -hmm. it's, it's always, um what people love on us for is always really interesting and it It always speaks so much to, to them. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. it's when they visit.
0: Yeah. When they visit sometimes. And, um, I, we spoke about the house illustrations and ornaments. Um, and I don't do many of house illustrations because they're time consuming and, you know, I kind of, um, pocket them in during the year when I'm not super busy, but if mm -hmm. they see me do that, they're like, so happy that like, you're meant to be. And I'm like, but don't you see these other things that are kind of shipping out? And they're like, "But yes, those, those can be done like by other people, but this is what you're meant to be. So it's, it's sweet. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very tender, you know, but I'm like, yeah. And then there's all of this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I, I find it so fascinating because I've had people on this podcast who have talked about how, their family or friends are still either, you know, saying, when are you going to get a real job? They're like, I've been in business for 20 years. This like, what do you mean a real job? Yeah. And then other people whose family is like a part of a business now, or they built it with family members. Um, But I'll never forget um, having a woman on this uh, podcast who said, I've been in business for 15 years and my family has still never bought anything I've made. And she's like, one day it will happen. And that when that day comes, I'm going to celebrate it as my biggest victory ever.
0: <laughs> right. That's so true. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's and insane. They, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying now having a son that is about to arrive in senior and going to college in a year, um, I can kind of like see my parents' perspective. You know, mm-hmm. we, we kind of joke that, you know, uh, both my husband and I, we met in architecture school. We're architects. He wants to study engineering. And so my parents are like, sure, he doesn't want to do architecture like you guys. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's not a family business. I mean, it's like yeah. what we met, you know, but it's not like he's not aspired to do that. He's just, you know, he's going to carve his own path and, you know, he's going to go to school for that. And that doesn't work out. Like we're in full support that he can do whatever, you know, brings him joy and he loves as, as, you know, as long as he has a passion for it. And, mm-hmm. um, so that, okay, well, it must be a way that things are done where you live because here is very different. You just go to school for what you go and then you just, you know, continue on that path. You don't get off that path.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a lot, lot, less, um, freedom to explore other options in other countries. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yep. You know, when you look at the journey you've been on, who are some of the um, women who have supported you along the way, either as mentors or cheerleaders or
0: just san- like breaks for sanity? Yeah. Well, definitely like women entrepreneurs, like people that I've met along the way of this entrepreneurial journey um, and people that sometimes one might consider competition. I've never seen them as such. You know, I always, you know, as they say, community over competition. I always see like whatever I know and the knowledge that I have, it's shareable. It's here for everybody to partake. Um, Mm -hmm. And the collective of us, it's much stronger than just, you know, us doing it all alone. And recently I joined um, a mastermind group. Um, Mm -hmm. It's um, the product boss business. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, we're in this mastermind with women from different industries that my own, like, you know, um, marketing, uh, you know testifiers like just all sorts of businesses and just to Mm -hmm. see their stories and you know how it came to be like you know some of them like me did not have dreams of becoming entrepreneurs just kind of you know happened along the way Mm -hmm. and some of them were very driven and every story is just so inspirational so inspiring to me Um, because all of them have that idea of like serving others and doing it while they're creating a fulfilling life for themselves Mm -hmm. and their families they don't have to like you know work the eight to five job and like you know stress themselves beyond i mean there there are um seasons in business where i feel like i've had those moments but we all kind of aspire for kind of like the greater good of being an entrepreneur serving others you know um Having self awareness and you know being a better boss, a better mom, you know, um, while doing it. So I would say those women that are in my mastermind group um, are has been have been my um, and I've only known them for six months, but some of them mm-hmm. have been like really, um, really powerful women and inspirational to me.
1: I'm a huge advocate that every entrepreneur needs a coach and a community like you we have to have them it can be it can be lonely and overwhelming and there's so many choices to make and yeah. you can only
0: get so far talking to yourself and it gets <laughs> you know when when you're not the maker like i used to be the maker i could be the maker all day long but then when you add yeah. people to your team who do it better than you do mm-hmm. or they used to do it then I was, you know, I found myself in this role of like, okay, now I'm supposed to lead them. And this mm-hmm. is something that I've never done before. I have no idea. And some of our, us are better than others. And it was a huge help for me to get a coach and to be part of a group of women that we could mm-hmm. just throw ideas and talk and be in a room without feeling like ashamed or stupid or, you know, how, do not know the answer to that. And yeah. just, it's been, it's been powerful for me. Yeah. When
1: you think of the words powerful and ladies, do they mean something when they're separate? And does the definition change when they're combined?
0: That's such a good question. Powerful ladies. Um, Well, I think it's combined. It's way more powerful. I think it's. um, I like that better, Um, for sure. What does it mean to you? Well, to be powerful, really, to me, it means to know what you want. And um, find ways to achieve it, right? It doesn't mean that you need to be, you know, growing, growing, growing every year. Um, Personally, for me, it actually means to be, to silence and just know really uh, hone in and what is it that I want my life and my business to look like um, in the future. Um, It also means that to find ways to break the ceiling and just break the norm of what has been done before. Um, Just because, I mean, I think everybody that I'm around that is an entrepreneur, we're not doing it the way it's been done by another person. Mm -hmm. Every person has its own, you know, ways of running their businesses. So yeah. And, um, I guess just leaving the life that I want to leave and then leaving a legacy behind that, you know, what do I want to be known for? Will I be missed Mm -hmm. when I'm gone? What would people say? Like, how did I make them feel? Mm -hmm. Um, all of that, I guess, would make for a powerful lady. (laughs) <laughs> not just how much money she brought in from, you know, doing this business that at the end of time, I think, um, very few of us would look at that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, we, we ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale. If zero is an average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself on the scale today? And where would you put yourself on the scale on average?
0: um today i would probably put myself above average meaning i don't know one to ten maybe i would just do a six but with a lot of room to grow right Mm -hmm. um that said looking back at my 14 years of running business and being an entrepreneur i know that um I've learned so much, my confidence and, you know, learning skills and the way I adapt to like challenges and how I deal with, you know, all of that has, um, helped me, I guess, get at that point in the scale of like, you know, a little bit above average, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, I'm a student of life. I would not be where I am if I, you know, didn't learn something new every day. I mean, Mm -hmm. every day I'm challenged by even, you know, our, you know, our boys or, you know, our team members, our customers. So I always see that as an opportunity to grow and um, to have self-awareness. Like I don't see like being on the other side of 14 years of running businesses, like a place that I've made it, I've arrived. Mm -hmm. It's just um, part of the path to the rest of me, uh, the rest of life, I might, I might not have this business, you know, in ten years. Yeah. But whatever I've done, um, all the scenarios, all the hard work that have brought me here, kind of like laid the, the way for where I'm headed. Yeah. And I think
1: another commonality besides what you've hit on of always wanting to be curious and learn, and you know, to be wanting to leave a legacy and create great spaces for. Our, our people, right? Our employees, right. our family, yeah. powerful ladies also have in common, like knowing how powerful they are and the impact that they can make and trying to always figure out, like feeling the need to do more than we are and trying to figure out how, how much <laughs> is enough to be given. Um, where do you find yourself being called or pulled to be making a bigger impact or to be taking actions in other areas
0: that, you're trying to figure out that balance right now. Yeah, um, I like this online space. in our community is mainly online; we sell online, mm-hmm. so this um, space has been really, you know, strong and supporting for us. But mm-hmm. I feel like we don't have a present locally. Like there is just organizations that I want us to support, and we have started supporting um, as of recent, as of you know, after COVID has kind of died down. So I want us to, because what we stand for, I mean, families and kids, they're just the core of our existence. And I want to take that, our values and just kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, bring them to our community here in Richmond and um, still finding ways who to partner with and, you know, what are some of those causes that we want to support and explore and make part of our mission. But, um, and also giving back, you know, that's like really strong, um, pool on us then you know we, we do support like childhood organizations and you know mm-hmm. but we're still like trying to find ways to um maybe through partnerships to make something that it feels a little bit more substantial for us
1: mm-hmm. um you know obviously when you're an entrepreneur and then a mom and then everything else that you are for all the other people and things you care about um, we have to be really careful about filling up our own tank What are actions that you take to make sure that you're, um, enriching yourself and giving to yourself as well?
0: Yeah. Um, making my mental health and my physical health, my top priority, it has not Mm -hmm. always been the case, but as of the last five years, making that top, top priority has been a must in my life. Um, And then learning to live in the moment, not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, um, Mm -hmm. learning to fight the thoughts of like scarcity that, you know, we need to hustle, hustle, hustle today because tomorrow might look different. And just Mm kind of pushing that away and learning to be in the now. Um, My boys are growing fast. (laughs) I feel like, you know, it, it could be a blessing and a curse, you know, a blessing because, you know, I can work more now. I can you know, devote like my hours to growing the business and, um, growing our legacy. And, but also a curse because, you know, we don't get these years back. They're fleeting, they're gone. So just really learning to slowing down and making time for the good things in life, you know, what mm-hmm. makes a good life. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, when we're busy, I mean, we don't see that we have to like really, um, be present and mm-hmm. still to, you know, look at it. And embrace makes, it and enjoy it.
1: Absolutely. What What makes a good life for you? Is it sneaking in ice cream? Is it going to Greece? Is it like what are What are those
0: things that just bring you joy? Well, it, I mean, as a whole, or yeah, with and it depends because our oldest is seven years older than our youngest, so it's different with each one of them. As a whole, as a family, of course, we'd love you know like board games and just catching in a good movie on a weekend or just mm-hmm. making their favorite food traveling you know going to see their yeah. grandparents and aunts um of course but it's those little moments that I get with each one of them driving them mm-hmm. to and from practice well my oldest can drive now scary, <laughs> but just like listening in and you know being really quiet and let them talk and mm-hmm. um, it's amazing the things that you know you see through their eyes and it's just mm-hmm. you know I choke up every time because it's you know <laughs> There was this saying, like somebody sometime told me that you wouldn't know, like, you know, all the love and everything that you've poured into these human beings. You don't know until they become adults and they're, you know, yeah. they speak for themselves. And, you know, that's when you know you've done a semi-good job, right? And that's the desire of your parents. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just finding those pockets of time and just, um, you know, enjoying the little things with them. Yeah. Amazing.
1: How excited are you? that your products are now at Pottery Barn Kids.
0: So excited. You know, that was a long time coming. Um, Friends, you know, when they, you know, chat with me, they're like, how did that come about? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, how that came about was really um, wonderful too. Like, you know, most companies might, you know, have the people in staff where they would reach out to Pottery Barn or um, we we also were on front gate a couple of years ago, but both the opportunities they came about like they reached out to us. They found us through our customers, kind of like how oh, you found us. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like you know the icing on cake. Like I, I mean, our customers love our pieces so much; they're the biggest advocates, like the biggest in, you know influencers that we could ever you know hire or pay, and we don't have to do that with them. So. Um, it's wonderful. It has opened us up to uh, a bigger market of moms and parents. And um, it's been challenging because, you know, every new opportunity doesn't come easy or what it might seem on the other side. So just Mm -hmm. kind of building our line and on their website and making sure the orders are flowing in. Okay. That has been a challenge, but it's great. Um, Their team is amazing to work with. So it's been such a wonderful experience for us. Amazing.
1: Um, well, we know that the Powerful Ladies community is a big and powerful one. So we are asking our uh, guests this year, what is something that you need that maybe someone listening could provide? It's a great question.
0: Hmm. I always, um, like I said, I always love learning. I know that somebody's way of doing Um, something. It's probably, I can learn something from, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You can do something so many different ways. Um, So just being part of that, I guess, and sharing in and making space for people who um, might have a different experience or a different way of doing something um, other than yours. I'm always um, open to that and just listening to their perspective on things. Mm And I am new to your community. So I'm like really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did listen to like about 10 podcasts before this one. Cause I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. So it's it's wonderful. And you know, yeah. Any favorites, any highlight takeaways from what you've listened I to? I did love the Dudley Stephen ladies. Um, I yes. am a Dudley Stephen fan. So I have those and, um, um A lot of your coaches, of course, like, you know, being in the coaching world and, you know, mm-hmm. being coached and all that—it's really near and dear to my heart as of recent. So just listening yeah. to their different perspectives have been mm-hmm. like really good. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, we want to
1: make sure that everyone who is now, um, you know, falling in love with you and your business, where can they find you, support you and follow you?
0: They can find us online at our website, e-commerce, vanachepstudio.com. We're on social, on Instagram and Facebook at vanachepstudio.com, you know, wherever in those two spaces. And yeah, we would love to have you as part of our community. Join us, you know, and I hope you find value. Yeah.
1: Well, I I just think it's such a great thing to see the The trend expanding for heirloom pieces and for younger and younger parents to appreciate those. I know growing up, my mom always had our silhouettes hanging in the hallway and it seemed like something that had gone out of fashion. And I love that you have kept that tradition going and just, you know, taking time to pause, as you mentioned, for the moments. There's so many traditions that I'm happy to see coming back that do um, celebrate A really important small moment and bring people together. And I'm just happy to see entrepreneurs like you contributing to that and allowing people to capture those moments that really mean something. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much. That's really sweet to hear.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Powerful Ladies podcast. I cannot wait to see what's next for you and to now have you as part of our bigger community. But thank you so much for being a yes to me and the podcast. Thank you
0: so much for having me, Tara. It was good being here.
1: All the links to connect with Vanna and Vanna Chip Studios are available at our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening and leave us a rating and review. They are critical for podcast visibility. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore Duffy on Instagram. You can also find both myself and Powerful Ladies on TikTok. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode with a new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.